Welcome to Bible and Stuff. My name's Tanner. And I am Glenn. And this is a podcast about the Bible and stuff. <laughs> you <laughs> just sorry. left me hanging there. <laughs> I was going to see if you would fill it in or how long you'd wait. Oh, just long pause. I was even thinking about saying like, and cats or oh, something nice. like this. Wait, wait, what? Am it, I on the wrong podcast? Stuff. It could be anything. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's the beauty about the stuff part of this. So speaking of leaving me hanging, I have a bone to pick with you. Uh-oh. What's, what's <laughs> so, up? So I, I met someone that now we both know before just you knew. Okay. Uh, she works at the same company you do. Okay. And I, little known fact, I used to work at that company, but she didn't come on until after I was gone. Um, and so she met me and heard my name, and then I saw this like thing in her mind click. <laughs> oh gosh, what did I, I was say? Like, okay. And she was like, "Oh, you're the you're the guy that stalked the other guy." <laughs> that, so um, yeah, now I'm known as the creepy stalker guy. <laughs> okay, well, I feel like we need to to. Cl- clarify oh, please do not even clarify you're definitely a stalker it's, well, there's like <laughs> no clarification needed there but it's just less, to explain the story it's less creepy in context <laughs> so tanner and i uh we used to work in the same office and uh we both sat near this window and every day there was this guy who would walk by the window and we'd always have like small conversations like trying to Think about like, oh man, I wonder who he is. What does he do? I think we even made up a couple names for him. I think we did, and and descriptions for him, and, and like, yeah. Like, anyway, like what he did, what the secret life of. Yeah, of we came up with this whole background John story or for Clint him. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, and so I, I just I'm a curious guy. I can't help it. That's part of the reason why this podcast works is because I like to learn all this stuff. Um, and so. <laughs> I wanted to figure out what his real name was. <laughs> and so the, the, the thing that set me off was, um, obviously we saw him all the time, so we knew he worked somewhere near yeah. us. And we, I see him walk into, he, finally one day, I see him actually walk into a building. Normally okay, I so just, pause there for a second. Okay. I just want to remind all of you, all we know about this guy is he walks by our window every day and he walked into a building. <laughs> <laughs> so he walks into this building and i thought bam now i have information and so i pull up his business i may or may not have figured out that he owned the business i believe um and from there found his name and from there found his facebook account <laughs> and from there found, found out he's a drummer <laughs> found all his family <laughs> When his last breakup was basically everything about this guy. Yeah. And so his name's Chad. <laughs> and so I start to tell Glenn, like, hey, I found out that guy's name is Chad. And he sells insurance. And he does all this. And Glenn's like, <laughs> Glenn likes, is like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Th- that's when I really understood who Tanner is. <laughs> And then the awkward part of me kicked in that just wanted to make the situation even more, like, exaggerated, even worse. So then I just tried to find out as much information as I could to creep Glenn out. But he, he didn't get the joke. So <laughs> To him, it was just weird, which makes sense because yeah, it was only it was funny worse. to me. So uh, from there, just to further the story, after that, now that we know his name, every day when he walked by... 
Tanner and I would sit at our desks and wave and say, hey, Chad. Yeah. Like, just like, you know, yeah, hey, Chad. He couldn't see us. He couldn't see us. He we couldn't just hear us. we have imaginary conversations with Chad. So Tanner eventually leaves the company, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm to myself in this room saying, hey, Chad, all by myself. <laughs> eventually, we get a few new employees that come in, and they notice me doing it, so I explain the story to them. They're like, wow, Tanner's a creep. No wonder he doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> Um, until one day I'm walking to my car and Chad is passing by and just because of muscle memory, my <laughs> arm goes up, I wave and I say, hey, Chad, and he responds with, hey, and then a really weird look on his face like, who the heck is this guy? To a guy that n- doesn't He's even never know met you. me, ever. <laughs> And I was oh. I was too embarrassed to turn around, so I just walked straight to my car, and <laughs> yeah, I oh. it was bad. Man, I that 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 will go down as one of the funniest days <laughs> that has happened in a long time when you told me that you said hi to Chad, which is absolutely great. But back to my original complaint: now all the people at your company know me as the creepy stalker guy <laughs> who found out Chad's name, and you are. The innocent bystander who accidentally said hi to him. Yep. <laughs> Which, whatever. I'll take it. Chad, if you're listening, we're, we apologize for Tanner's... I don't, I don't even know what you call you're it. You're apologizing on my behalf. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Chad, I'm sorry. Chad, please come back to the podcast. <laughs> uh, um, you now know our names, um, so we can, we can become good friends. We could put this all behind us. <laughs> So, oh, into the into the real <laughs> stuff. Today we're talking about the tabernacle. Um, yeah, it's it's a big weird ball of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things you kind of read in the Old Testament where you're like, man, this is a lot of instructions on how to put together a building I'm never gonna build. <laughs> what is the point of all this? And it's normally where people like quit their Bible reading plan. <laughs> They get to like Exodus and or Leviticus, and then they're like, "Okay, well. this is this is going on a little too long." But today we hope to make it. Kind, we we hope to bring out the interesting parts of the tabernacle and um, what the purpose of it is. Yeah. Um, so the tabernacle, to just explain it real quick, uh, is Hebrew. It means, uh, or the the word is derived from Hebrew. It means residence or dwelling place. It was uh, this mobile earthly dwelling place for God to be amongst the children of Israel um, from the time of the Exodus through their conquering of the land of Canaan. Cool. Yeah, and I think uh, to kind of delve us into this, we wanted to kind of walk through a little bit of that story and that history. Um, Yeah, so I think the Exodus is, is a... As a good enough jumping off point, most people know that story. Um, think like Prince of Egypt cartoon, if you've ever seen that, where God's people are slaves in Egypt, and he brings them out um, so they can worship, so they're free and they can worship mm-hmm. him. Um, so starting there, God has revealed himself to these people in a, in a number of ways. He talks to Moses through the burning bush. Um, then he shows himself through all these signs and wonders to Pharaoh and in front of the Egyptians. And then after he leads them out, first of all, he parts the Red Sea. But then they see this this pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of 
fire by night that's leading them out into the wilderness, and they understand that to be God's presence. And then lastly, um, before this, we see God reveal himself to Moses on the mountain of Sinai, where he delivers the Ten Commandments. And then we start to see this ongoing cycle. Uh, it just happens over and over. Um, but here's, here's the first time it happens. Um, in this so, story. In this story, yeah. <laughs> uh, so God is um, revealing these Ten Commandments to Moses. And while he's away, uh, the Israelites decide, hey, you know what? Let's, uh, let's create our own God to worship. And let's make it a golden calf. So they end up taking all of their jewelry and just like molding it down into this golden calf that they're going to worship. Um, and Moses comes back down and he's he's pissed. Yeah, he's <laughs> angry. <laughs> and so this is where we get, you know, those the stone tablets being just cracked in half. Yeah. Um, it's like the 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 image that we see plastered everywhere when we hear about the Ten Commandments. And it happened because he was just upset and God ends up telling them to leave, um, to, to leave the land. Yeah, he, he gives them, um, he says, okay, go to the land, I promised you. That's fine. I'm not going with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, God is angry. Moses is displaying God's anger through breaking these tablets, all because these people got a little impatient while he was up there chiseling away <laughs> to get these laws from God. And so Moses goes into his tent of meeting, um, and he pleads with God. So obviously he loves God. He's serving God, but he also loves these people. He knows that God has a greater plan in this. And so he's like, God... We're your people. Stay with us. Dwell with us. How will people know we're yours if you're not there? Um, and so God keeps his promise like he always does. And he says, okay, you know, I'll remain among you. Come back up to the mountain and rewrite all that stuff. <laughs> so Moses goes back up, makes two more tablets. And at that point <clears throat> is the story where we see Moses getting this glimpse of God's glory. And he has this shining face when he comes back yeah. down. That scares everyone. <laughs> so they're a little weirded out by it because God's glory was so great that it makes Moses' face shine so much yeah. that it freaks a bunch of people out. So Moses gathers everybody together and he tells them, we're going to build this tabernacle. God has told me that, that we should do this um, and in grave detail, <laughs> like oh, we yeah. mentioned earlier. This cubic centimeter by this cubic centimeter. Yeah, man. These purple yeah. <laughs> cloths. Uh, similar to the Ark uh, mm -hmm. that we see Noah build. Um, and it, it kind of the story kind of comes full circle here, where the people go from having given to this golden calf god um, to now they give all this gold and, and other precious metals towards the building of this tabernacle that all comes from god's people so they can build this new tent of meeting for god to dwell in amongst them so not only do they build this tabernacle but they pimp it out <laughs> yeah they did <laughs> god's like okay you want to worship this dinky little golden calf which it wasn't that little but you want to worship this dinky golden calf i'll show you cool like we're gonna put everything we've got into this and we're gonna make this tent of this this tent um and now, once they build this, God's pillar of cloud and pillar of fire or, uh, now resides in this place, um, which we'll talk about a little more as we get into the detail of all the different parts of the tabernacle. 
So the next thought or concept that we want to run through is the idea of what the tabernacle was actually meant for. I mean, God has these people build this, uh, this building and, um, you know, pimp it out and everything. Mm-hmm. But what was, what was the purpose of it? Yeah, and if you don't understand that, it can seem really excessive. <laughs> like, God was just like, okay, make this cool little hut for me. Um, but really, this is God's house, and all these things are to display how great and glorious God is. So in, in a sense, like I said, it's his house. Um, he has an area in there in which he dwells. You'll kind of see later that, that the other room is kind of like a living room where he convenes with the people, uh, uh, God's people, his people, uh, the Israelites. But in another sense, it it's like it's almost like a, his castle because mm-hmm. he is the king. Um, this is showing that he is not only among them, but he is their ruler. He is their king. Yeah. He is their god. Um, and the Ark of the Covenant, which we'll talk again more about in the second half, is his throne, and it's the place where he rests. So God's fulfilled this promise of staying with his people by having them build a dwelling place that literally shows where he is. Yeah, it's also uh, very symbolic or representative of the Garden of Eden. Um, it was the place where God was able to d- dwell among his people. Uh, and it's a sense of heaven meeting earth, and it's going back to that plan that God is going to restore everything, and a new heaven and new earth are going to come. Um, and this is... This is just a small glimpse of what that that is to look like. Yeah, so it, it's a drastic change from how we said, you know, Moses sees this little bit of God and his face shines so much that people can't stand it. But here God is coming to dwell among them. And, and like you said, it is that picture of Eden where God and man were dwelling together. There was no shame and sin and issues, and that's all pouring toward when God's going to bring heaven back down to earth and make this all good again. So the tabernacle had a very important purpose for that time, but it also has a very important purpose for us where we see what God's plan is in redemptive history. Yeah. I think at this point we're probably going to go ahead and take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break and then when we come back, um, we're going to do a, what I like to call an MTV Cribs style walkthrough of the tabernacle and talk about what is in it, all the cool things that uh, God had them build. It's going to be fun. Hey guys, if you'd like to help support us a little bit more, we would love for you to go to bibleandstuff.com slash audible where you'll be able to download a free book. Um, And actually, Tanner's going to talk to us about what one of those books could be. Yeah, Audible is a great thing um, where you can get access to tons and tons of audio books. And like Lynn said, if you sign up today, you can get a free trial. And I recommend you pick up um, God in Our Midst by Daniel Hyde. It really goes along um, with the idea of the tabernacle that we talked about today and our relationship with God. It should be a great one, and you'll really enjoy Audible. So again, go to bibleandstuff.com slash audible, sign up for a free trial today, and help support the show. Thank you. Thank you.
Welcome back. Welcome to the uh, Bible and Stuff edition of Cribs, <laughs> where we walk through the uh, tabernacle, what what God's pad looked like. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. At least his mobile pad, his wilderness pad. Uh, maybe in the future we'll do an episode over Solomon's big grand temple that um, he built. But this is like God's like RV pad. Yeah, so it's like a mix between cribs and HGTV's tiny houses. Yeah, so yeah, this is like God's version of his tiny house. Um, so if you first approach the tabernacle, um, the first thing you're going to see is that it's surrounded by a big courtyard. There is... Um, a fence around it that's kind of made of linen and and posts essentially um it's about 150 feet by 75 feet so if you're thinking in uh, relative terms it's like the fourth a fourth the size of an american football field the fence is about seven foot high and there is one gate at the front of the courtyard um that's about 30 feet wide that's the only way in so Outside of the tent itself, before you even get to the actual tabernacle part, you come to um, an altar. So there's this, what, what they call the brazen altar, and it's for burning these animal sacrifices. And then, past that, you have a bronze basin that's for washing before you enter, because it's important that you're clean, um, which is why we also see all these laws in the Old Testament about being clean. So that's kind of God's like outdoor fire and his outdoor shower. <laughs> yeah, that's that, a good way to... Yeah, that's the Chris version. Yeah. The tent was 45 feet long, uh, 15, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet high. So it's a, it's a rectangular structure, and the top was actually covered with four different layers, which is, <laughs> is kind of cool. Badger skin. Uh-huh. Ram skin. Yeah, buddy. Which was dyed red. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Goat's hair. Of course. I mean, that's a given. How do you how do you not have that? Why not? And then fine linen. Yeah. So that's the bottom layer. Um, they kind of get more durable as you go out. Um, so yeah, it, it looks like um, <clears throat> it looks like a traditional tent in some sense, but you really have this kind of like rectangular walled shape in the middle, and then those cover the top um, in more of a tent format without such a peak in the middle, if that makes sense. We're going to post um, some images and things in the show notes so you guys can get a visual, but at the same time, we want to kind of walk you through it so you can, in your mind's eye, envision, okay, what would it be like to walk through this tabernacle? Yeah. But it's so cool that we have you know actual images of the original <laughs> tabernacle yeah. yeah we totally do <laughs> google google got them satellite images they're drawings <laughs> we have some drawings um so at this point once you get to the tent you go through the outer veil which you can only do if you're a priest um the first section of the tabernacle is just called the holy place so if you walk in we're gonna look to our left okay and you, you'll see the menorah, or this golden lampstand that God had them make. It's seven candle holders, um, and it's the only source of light in the holy place. So it's, it's made of complete gold. It's very elaborate and fancy, but at the same point, it serves a purpose. It's God's, it's God's light. It's, a, it's his lamp in the corner that lets you see everything. So then you turn to your right, 
once you enter, and you see what they call the table of showbread. It's a wooden table. It's made of acacia wood, I believe, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but that's overlaid with gold. Again, very elaborate. And it always has bread on it. Um, that was one of God's commands, that they have bread on it. And that shows that God is having communion with these people, that he's having communi- community with his people. Um, and he's not gluten-free. Yeah, he's definitely not. Gluten-free, <laughs> but not gluten-free. Yes. No. <laughs> Um, and it's showing that he would he's breaking bread with them. So lastly in this room, if you look directly in front of you, you're going to see the altar of incense. It's also made of acacia wood. It's covered in gold. And it sits in front of the curtain that separates the holy place, which we're in now, from the holy of holies, they call it. The table is a square. It's one and a half feet by one and a half feet. And it's about three feet high. It has um, four horns in each corner, like decorative, um, fancy kind of things. And God commanded that the priests burn incense on this altar every morning and evening um, at the same time that they were making their burnt offerings. And this is so that God, ha- that this is for to create a constant pleasing aroma um, to the Lord. Yeah. And then we make our way to the master bedroom. Yeah, buddy. The Holy of Holies. Uh-huh. Uh, this is also known as the most holy place. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect cube, 15 by 15 feet. And this is where God actually dwelled. Um, so there's a, a thick veil that separates um, the Holy of Holies from the actual, like the, the rest of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. So it's its own little place. Yeah, um, and that's because the only person that could go in here was the high priest. So there's mm-hmm. this very thick veil, like God dwells in there, not just anybody can waltz up into his crib, just like you wouldn't just waltz up into, well, almost just like you wouldn't just waltz up into somebody's bedroom. <laughs> right, unless it was Chad's and you were trying to <laughs> yeah, learn more Chad, about Yeah, well, yeah, I, I've got to get the information. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so the only person that could enter was the high priest. Um. And he could only do that on one day of the year. It was called the Day of Atonement, um, or referred to as Yom Kippur, which I probably don't pronounce c- completely correct, but you get the idea. Um, and that's to offer a sacrifice for the people of Israel. So the only way for them to have forgiveness of sin through the sacrificial system is by the shedding of blood. And so this was the way that they stayed able to have community and um, interaction with God. So inside the Holy of Holies uh, is where they kept the Ark of the Covenant, uh, which is basically a chest. And inside of it, God had told Moses to place three things. Uh, first was a golden pot, <clears throat> a golden pot of manna. Uh, the second was Aaron's staff that had budded and blossomed. And then the last thing were the two stone tablets, which the Ten Commandments had been written on. Yeah, and we could do an entire episode of the Ark of the Covenant and all the places that it went, besides just dwelling in the Holy of Holies. Obviously, this tent is mobile, so the people of God moved it, and um, they had certain ways that they had to carry it and all those things. But I, I thought it was interesting enough to mention the three things that God had put in there. And again, we could go into a, a, probably a full hour of the symbolism of those things. Um, but on top of the Ark of the Covenant is what is called the mercy seat. That is the actual place where God dwells. 
Beside it, or on either side of the mercy seat, are two cherubim. So these are angels. They symbolize God's presence and his power. Um, It's also the same kind of angels that guard the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve are banished from it. And they face inward towards the mercy seat, basically signaling like this is the this is the real deal. This is where this is where the magic happens. Yeah, it's like this is basically like Grandpa's leather recliner that you're not allowed to sit in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. But uh, but golden, <laughs> but golden. Yeah, and you literally die if you sit in. <laughs> yeah, it, you seriously a bad idea. Um. So yeah, that's the that's the MTV Cribs version. And again, man, we could do full episodes on the sacrificial system and what all that happened. But um, here we kind of wanted to focus on like God's dwelling place, like that aspect of the tabernacle and um, what that meant. And so what I kind of want to do here as we as we get closer to wrapping up is talk about okay, what what is the importance of the tabernacle? What does that mean? To us, we said for the Israelites, it meant that God was with them; He was dwelling with them; He was their ruler, and they were His people. But for us, being significantly removed from that, um, what is what is it? Why does it matter? Um, and there's a couple of reasons, and there's probably even more than we'll list now. But these were super interesting to me, and that generally everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus in one way or another, and so. You can start off by saying that Jesus is the better tabernacle. So in the tabernacle, God dwelt with his people. But then you see in the New Testament, in John 1.14, um, it says that the Word became flesh. They're referring to Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that word dwelt in the Greek is actually translated to essentially mean tabernacled. So hmm. the, the Word, Jesus, actually came and was with us. Um, you also see that in uh, the name Emmanuel that translates God with us, like Jesus actually came down and dwelt with us. So God um, humbled himself and came and lived a human life um, That's cool. in, in the form of the Son. The, um, the second thing that this, this kind of points out for us is that, or, or the relation rather, is Jesus is basically the high priest as well. Um, the, the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies. Uh, he is the one who mediates everything between us and God and cleanses us of sin. Yeah, and, and not only does... So the high priest would make the sacrifice, but Jesus takes it at another level, and he's like, not only am I the only one that can actually talk with God and do this for you, but I am also the sacrifice. So when Jesus was killed, when he shouldn't have been because he lived a perfect life... Like he was the living, or he was he was our sacrifice. And then we see again, and this is the one that I'm going to try to explain it as best as I can. It's the most interesting one, but it's also a little difficult. Um, it can be more difficult to grasp, and that that is um, in Matthew twenty seven fifty one of the New Testament. We see that. There's this verse after Jesus died that says the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And that curtain is referring to the curtain that we talked about that separated the holy place from the holies of holies that no one could enter besides the high priest. Uh, And that unleashed God into the world, essentially. Hebrews 10, 19 uh, through 20 says... 
Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, um, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. So Jesus not only is the high priest, is the sacrifice, he's also the curtain. Literally all the promises um, and, and, and rules that we are supposed to keep are fulfilled in Jesus because, as we know, we can't do it on our own. As we're going to talk about next week in the Martin Luther episode, you can try all you want to try to be perfect, and it's just not going to happen. Um, and so Jesus is the one and only way that we can be in God's presence, that we can enter through that torn curtain. And then lastly, kind of maybe the more obvious one, is that now, if you look at the Holy Spirit, it's the fact that God sent His Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. So now, God doesn't just dwell in a tabernacle with His people. He dwells literally in His people. We are the church, you might say. So, um, you might hear people talk about that quite a bit, that the church is not a building, the church is God's people, big capital C church, like mm-hmm. the big idea. And we are, we are God's church, we are God's tabernacle, we are um, where the Holy Spirit resides. So that's just a really cool truth, it's a really cool way that the tabernacle story still applies to us, still points us to the gospel. And Glenn, the fun facts are kind of lame. <laughs> okay. I put most of the fun facts in the episode. Um and so uh I don't have a lot here, but bear with me. You can read about the construction of the tabernacle in Exodus 35 through 40. Wow. That is <laughs> That's the most incredible lightning round fact that blows I, your mind. I think Dustin. we've ever talked and about. And we already trashed earlier on the episode how boring it is to read. <laughs> But maybe now with this in mind, you can actually see how um, ornate all these things God had made, and they're all pointing towards his glory. And now that you know the bigger idea of what the tabernacle is, hopefully that makes it more interesting. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the point. Second fact, the ark and the tabernacle merge with... So the ark is now taken into Solomon's temple, and that is the new permanent tabernacle in 1 Kings 8 through 4 until, of course, the tabernacle is destroyed, and then again we have Jesus, um, who's the better tabernacle in the New Testament. And lastly, I didn't actually write this down, but one of the things that I thought was really cool about the story, um, if you do go read it for yourself, and I hope you do, eventually, uh, if you're in a Bible reading plan, you'll get there, and you'll you'll make it through, I promise. (laughs) But there's a decent-sized section that is talking about... um, how God had the people that were great at making incense make the incense, and the people that were great at building things build things. So he takes all God's, uh, takes all of his people that he has skilled in particular ways and uses them to build the tabernacle. Yeah, he uses yeah. them for his glory, which is the same way we function now in the church. Like you and I, like serving the worship band, and we have these different skills and abilities that we get to see fleshed out in the church um, for the sake of his people. Right. Um, and so that's just a cool, um, aspect of the story that often gets glossed over because it's in the middle of that, you know, heavy section of cut it this long, sure. <laughs> make it like this. Um, well, and since we were kind of short on lightning round and fun facts, I thought I'd throw one more in there. Go for it. Um, 
Chad's sister also <laughs> works in the same building uh, and for the same company that he does. Yeah, you tell me like I didn't already know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's not a fun fact for you, I guess. It's nope. just a, an old fact. Yep. Oh, man. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, feel free to check us out on social media. That's Facebook and Twitter at Bible and Stuff. Um, if you want us to do one of these other episodes about the Ark of the Covenant, maybe Solomon's Temple, maybe the sacrificial system, all things that again could take plenty of we could take plenty of time to explain um, and ourselves learn more about. Yeah, I always just like to reiterate that too. When we do these podcasts, we again are by no means experts. Um, we we are researching and learning this stuff. I mean, we have we've heard general ideas and and concepts and read these things before, but. Uh, we want to take a little bit of extra time to to learn and just you know pour this into you so that you have um, have more knowledge and and more of a yearning to go out and and learn more yourself too. Absolutely. So if there's something you want to learn about and in turn we will learn about it, uh, go ahead and email us at hello at bibleandstuff.com. Um, if you like the show, please leave us a rating on iTunes. That helps the show grow. Um, that helps us get more listeners, which is just that's part of the point um not just so that we grow but so the more people get to learn about the bible and hopefully enjoy the podcast um and lastly if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support us please 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 support our sponsor earlier in the show but also um take a trip over to bibleandstuff.com slash amazon and what you do there is that link lets them know that we sent you and you just do your normal amazon shopping and we will get a small percentage cut of that at no extra charge to you. Helps us keep the lights on. Helps us keep this thing going. <laughs> Sorry. All I could think was <laughs> when you were saying, please, please, please. Tanner has no shame in begging for you <laughs> to help this show out. Not none at all. <laughs> none at all. Guys, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you don't, let us know that too. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.